Alright, this is Matt McIntosh, and welcome to Sci-Fi Junk. This COD Pass is going to do many things in the future, including reviews, we're going to talk about all kinds of different sci-fi stuff, we're going to go over different things that matter to me and you alike, and we're just going to have good detailed discussion about each of them. first one I'm going to do is a movie that I've seen earlier this week, which is going to be Godzilla. Um... Godzilla is definitely a remake, and it it had some some good parts and some bad parts. Um, I haven't even looked out on the internet to find out what kind of reviews it got. Um, I know from my perspective, you know, I don't really rate things a lot of the times based on the reviews they get. I rate them based on how much I enjoy them. And to be honest with you, Godzilla had a couple of good things. Um, awesome special effects. I mean, Godzilla himself looked uh, pretty darn good to me. I didn't have too much trouble with him, really. He, uh, he was um, very fierce, very large. He was a lot larger than I expected him to be. I didn't expect him to be that big. Um, but he was mammoth. I mean, you could see him standing next to um, skyscrapers at times, and it was, you know, him next to 70, 80, 90 story skyscraper. It was just incredible, and uh, he easily, easily um, was taller than a lot of them, most of them, almost all of them, actually. Um, at one point, he uh, he uh, grabbed the, I'm not even sure what the name of the alien that he was fighting was. Um, Now, of course we know they weren't aliens. These creatures lived on Earth for quite a while. Um, apparently they were stuck underground feeding on... Um, not underground, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. So basically, the the alien, not the aliens, the creatures feed on radiation. So in the 50s one had gotten loose or had been discovered in a cave and was awoke, was awakened and ran to a nuclear facility in Japan and caused an a, a disaster um, doing so the um, disaster created a huge nuclear waste Playing. They shut down pieces of Japan and blah, blah, blah. The whole shebang. He, in turn, um, seated himself there and began to feed on the radiation. Now, now it warps forward, and the second seed had been taken to the nuclear waste facility in the United States, and the first seed had been growing off the waste facility in, um, in Japan. Anyway... All that said, um, ended up these two creatures are what basically Godzilla comes up from the great depths where supposedly he lives in order to um, seek enough radiation or enough you know fuel or food or whatever it is that he's getting from the radiation um, deep within the earth to feed him. Now, that part of the story actually during the movie seemed fairly fairly realistic. I didn't really have too much of a problem with it. Um, 
the story was fairly well put together. Um, the boy that was, you know, whose whose father and mother had had worked at the nuclear power plant in Japan. The mom had been, you know, was underground when this all happened, and she was down investigating some tremors. The tremors turns out to be an impulse. E- e- now, the core of this is the impulse e- because the impulse e- that these creatures create from all, you know, building up all this radiation. Um, is kind of the key to the problems I have towards the end of the movie because the first hour and a half or hour and 45 minutes of the movie I thought was fairly well put together I really didn't have too much trouble with it they were tracking the creatures they were Godzilla was following them I was a little irritated with the fact that they wouldn't listen to to anyone who knew anything um, but it kind of always seems the case you know when you're when you're dealing with things like that so it wasn't too bad but the storyline itself and the special effects the where the creature was you know they finally they discover that the you know there's no more radiation at the in Japan and stuff and everything kind of it all kind of comes out a few coincidences that bothered me you know with one of the creatures um heading towards um um Hawaii which supposedly were where the kid of the of the guy who knew what was going on and, and kind of made his life obsession of figuring it out why his wife had to die. Um, one of the big coincidences that kind of bothered me, and this was one that was that was that was kind of odd. First of all, is that he would be going to Hawaii to take a flight back to um, back to the states to be with his wife and child. Um, just so happens he would be going to Hawaii. The second one was that the creature just so happened to snag a nuclear um, submarine and take that nuclear submarine, because he wanted to fuel the nuclear power plant, to the Hawaii island to eat it. Now, I don't have so much of a problem with that, but the part that I I did have an issue with was that they show it from the perspective of you have these ground troops walking through the islands and walking through um I'm pretty sure it was the main island going in going in looking for where the tracking beacon um for the sub is shown up trying to figure out you know what's going on and everything and the next thing you know they run into the giant sub sticking up out of the trees and the creature stuck on the side of it ripping it out eating it and all of a sudden all these choppers show up and are flying around this thing to 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 um emphasize you know that they found it they start reporting it now my question is what the heck was the ground troops there for if there's giant creatures sitting there ripping the submarine apart in the treetops couldn't they have found it in the treetops? Wasn't the whole idea that tra- the ground troops were there is that they couldn't see it from above ground? So that was probably the first part of it that that kind of caught me a little off guard. And had it only been that issue with this movie, um, I probably would have said, you know, hey, I got a little a couple of nitpick things here. But it that was just kind of the beginning of a little bit of what I call the 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 sloppiness that went in in finishing this out because it seemed like this this movie started strong and as the longer it went, the weaker some of the storylines some of the some of the pieces fit together so let's talk about um 
um, things that we liked. Because I definitely say I definitely would would go back and see the movie again. It was still it was a good movie and everything. But I do want to say that the next section of this is going to have major spoilers in it. If you're not interested in spoilers, you really shouldn't listen to a lot of my reviews until you've seen the movie, because I just don't have any filter when it comes to talking about them. The special effects were awesome. The storyline was was fairly different, decent. Um, and barring that part of Hawaii in the middle, pretty much up till the end part where they're in San Francisco... They've all the tr- the animals or all the creatures have tracked together and Godzilla and they've all come together and there's a big main war. That's about when I really start to have some main issues. All right, let's talk about some of the main issues towards the end of the movie. And don't get me wrong, please remember I'm I'm here pointing out the things about the movie that bothers me, and I pointed out a few of the things that I really liked overall. I thought it was a decent movie. Could it have been better? Yes, but you know what? 99% of the movies on the market could be better, and 80, and 90% of them could be a lot better. So I'm not going to to judge it on that uh, alone. That it had some flaws, but I am going to say it does have some major flaws towards the end. So let's put it in that they decide that they can't get into the city, and the only way there is to parachute in because the creatures have caused a magnetic pulse that has shut down the entire city of San Francisco. All electrical devices have been fried. Now, a magnetic pulse, magnetic pulse means that, and so, a magnetic pulse is, and I'm going to read you here a description of of what a magnetic pulse is, is that a magnetic pulse, otherwise known as EMP, um, also sometimes um, transcendent electronic disturbance it is a short burst of electronic energy. Such a pulse can occur and form occur in the form of a radiated electronic or magnetic field or conducted electrical current depending on the source. It may be natural or man-made, and the term electromagnetic pulse is commonly abbreviated with EMP, pronounced by saying the letters EMP. EMPs, now this is the key part to the definition here, EMPs interference is generally damaging to electronic equipment, and the higher energy levels a power EMP pulse such event can have effects as of lightning strikes can damage physical objects such as buildings, aircraft, structures, and the management of EMP effects is an important branch of electromagnetic capabilities EMP engineering. Now, that said, the damaging effects of high energy EMP have been used to create EMP weapons. These are typically divided into nuclear and non-nuclear devices and blah blah blah. That said, the key here is is that general equipment is damaged physically by an EMP pulse, much like a uh, electric strike or something of that type of nature would have it. Now, this movie would have you believe is that it's going to temporarily knock out the lights and you're going to flip a switch and bring back up all the generators of the backup generators and all of a sudden the power is going to come back on well I can tell you that that's crap and unfortunately that is a huge flaw 
in the storyline later on in the thing. The city goes out. As a matter of fact, as soon as the creature decides to break out early on in the movie, actually, it goes out. Now, this one, they did switch to backup equipment. Now, backup equipment, if it's off and it's protected and blah, 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 it would have been fine. I mean, you always see it where things shut down and they're turned off and they're not operating and an impulse comes by and then you can turn them on and they're safe. The problem is, is when they're running and, the, and it hits. Now, um... The problem here is that th- this this isn't what they were what they were having what that was happening. These weren't EM pulses because the equipment wasn't damaged. So, for example, an EM pulse happens in San Francisco towards the end. The creature gets mad, stamps its foot down, and knocks everything out. Now, the power to the entire city goes off. Um, a little while later, the power to the entire city comes back on. Now, okay. I can deal with the power to the entire city in some certain spots and some certain things coming back on, but not the entire city in a big wave like, oh, look, the generator went out. Oh, let's turn on another generator and up back comes on the power. That was a bunch of crap. Um, that I had a huge problem with. They they played with that quite a bit during the movie, and it almost completely and totally... Missed, missed the, um, missed the, um, um, missed the boat. I mean, just completely and totally had it wrong. Uh, second thing I'm gonna have a problem with here is that he goes, he he's smart enough. The guy who's who's trying to fight to get back to his wife that's in the the San Francisco in a hospital, and. He's trying to get back to her to told her to wait at the hospital that he would be there by morning and stuff. And of course, you know, he runs into, you know, Godzilla's friends at the in Hawaii and then he, you know, has to do this and that to get back and somehow he ends up not stopping it there. He ends up going back all the way to somewhere else and has to talk people into allowing him to be on the on the um on a train that's carrying nuclear bombs to to, uh, and we're going to have another problem with the nuclear bombs here in a minute. So they could decide they're going to take nuclear bombs, they're going to distract all the aliens, they're going to bring them out, and they're going to blow them up. Um, first of all, we can discuss the fact that that's what they eat, is the nuclear waste, but blowing them up, I guess, could have still worked. Um, so he goes back to destroy the alien, um, eggs, I guess, what you want to call, and um, he goes to all the trouble to destroy them all, and a huge, sets off a huge explosion with a tanker of gas, opens it up, blows everything up, that's all fine and dandy. In the meantime, um, I had a little bit of a problem with, he got to the nuke that they were going to use to blow everything up, and it was still counting down, and they had made it EMP pulse secure by not using standard technology of using old manual clock things um, with an actual dials and counters. So all of his, they can't get the cover off. The plastic cover, the plastic or glass cover that's cracked and broken, they can't get it off. So they decide that they're going to backpack it down to the shore. And he decides to stay around and go, now that part was a little irritating as, you know, you've got 28 minutes and you're going to backpack this down to the beach to take it out on a boat to get it offshore far enough to to cause an explosion, not to kill anybody, not to hurt anything. Okay, 
that's cool. He decides to stay back, and he decides to blow up and, and catch, burn all the eggs, which was, I thought was a good catch, because a lot of the times writers would have missed that also in order to make another movie, and in this case, they didn't. He actually stays to do it. He starts everything on fire. It distracts the aliens, which were beating up on Godzilla, and Godzilla's beating up on them, but they had teamed up against him. It was kind of, you know, causing him heck, which was good, so that really distracted him while he was killing all those seeds. Or eggs, or whatever you want to call them. That part of it, I thought, was very very well done. The part that I have a problem with is that he gets up, and he treks all the way down to the docks afterwards after the explosion has gone off and knocked him off his feet he tracks himself all the way down to the docks and the people that are loading the boat have somehow evacuated the boat and caused a distraction a hundred yards from the boat now why they weren't on the boat trying to get the bomb off the thing I have no idea so he gets on the boat and auto-programs the GPS to... auto-programs the GPS to take them out into the middle of the ocean. Now, first problem I have with this is, A, it's a GPS, it's on a boat that was around when the, nu- when the, when the first EM pulse went off. We put that aside and we assume, hey, you know what, this is a special boat they brought in just for that and blah, blah, blah. But then, there's a giant EM pulse in the city who knocks out all the power, all the lights, and the boat. And it all goes dead. And he's programmed the GPS to take it out in the middle of the ocean. Now, the clock on the bomb shows 5 minutes and 38 seconds or 5 minutes and some change I don't know exactly what it was but the part that bothers me at this point is he begins to pass out and as he begins to to pass out the power to the city comes back on and so does the power to the boat now I don't know how those you know grid lines or um, power lines are crossed there, but that boat in that city have two completely different sets of circuitry. Um, either way, amazingly, the boat comes back on, the GPS automatically engages and takes them out into the middle of the ocean. Now five minutes and change. At the same time, some magic helicopter takes off from somewhere because the powers come back on flies all the way across San Francisco because apparently he had to have been somewhere I don't know where he could have possibly been that was so close that the helicopter could get there it's a, it was a military helicopter gets the guy off the boat and takes him back and he watches he's kind of in and out of it and kind of gazing he watches the explosion happen now, there's so many magnitudes of problems that I have with this area of the movie that I, I can't even go into. I, I'm not even sure I'm going to go into every single one of them because here you've got the explosion happening while you know they're in the air in a helicopter. Um, first of all, that would have 
blasted them. Second of all, they were showing earlier in the movie what kind of radiation fallout and what kind of destruction that this was. I think they 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 said that this nuclear weapon was so strong that it would leave the the um it would make the ones that they test it with in the 50s look like a firecracker. Third of all, and I'm going to go through several other little issues that I had here really quick, just just so that for completeness. Uh, but then, third of all, the the mother has taken the the mother creature has taken this nuclear weapon that they got off that they were bringing in to kill them, and she was using it to fuel and feed the seeds or the eggs that she had. Now, my question was is. This was around these people, and it wasn't exposed where there was nuclear leaks or anything. So what radiation was she using to feed them? And if there was radiation being fed, why didn't it poison him and everyone else that had carried this thing, you know, from those eggs down to the docks and and it left it sitting on it on the boat? So there was that. Uh, the GPS automatically, when the power comes back on, just automatically reprograms itself, starts the engines, and takes off. The the, the you see the motors start to pull to run right before the power goes off, and you see it you know pushing tons of water out the back, and yet he takes a stick, and in order for anything to move, he's got to push the boat you know a foot away from the from the docks. Um, no. That much, that much power would have would have done pushed it away anyway. Um, the the he was you know and then he was injured enough to drag his he was injured so bad that he could run halfway across San Francisco to the docks to get there, and but then he passed out as soon as he got on board. I I you know these there's just so much wrong with this timeline here at the end that. I don't understand why a few simple things weren't done. Like someone said, someone could have easily, during editing, said, "Why are we showing this clock of five minutes and thirty seconds, or five minutes and whatever minute seconds it is? Why don't we just cut that piece out? Because you know what, that timeline really doesn't make any sense. Now it could have happened over a period of twenty minutes or thirty minutes, and it would have been much better. Uh, very, very disappointing. Um, Overall, like I said, I really enjoyed the movie. I'm really disappointed with all of the little details here at the end that just don't add up. And the more I watch the movie, and you know, when I see it again and again, I'm going to have the same problem. They're going to amplify, I think, and it's going to make the the back end of this movie not watchable. It's going to make it not enjoyable. Uh, but as a first-time show, I suggest you go. I suggest you see it on the big screen. Um, I seen it the um, one time in just um, big screen IMAX, and then I seen it again in IMAX 3D. And to be honest with you, um, the 3D wasn't anywhere near as good as I was expecting it to be. Um, I think just the IMAX itself is better in this particular show. There wasn't a whole lot of scenes other than other than I do have to say um, at one point when he is traversing down through the city and they're showing signs of, of as if you're standing in the city looking up at Godzilla and the, and the creatures fighting and they use the 3D for telephone poles and light poles and the buildings around you that part of it really is probably one of the best uses of 3D I've ever seen it made me feel as if I was standing in the city looking up not just some cheap trick of you know Godzilla throwing a creature 
and it go flying over my head or something like that. So um, I would have to give you know give this a um, you know a, a, probably about a seven on a scale of one to ten. Um, I'm not sure it's going to have much watch rewatchability, but it's definitely one of those that you're going to want to go and see it in the big screen. Um, hopefully you. Uh, um, do it before it gets out of the IMAX because I think the IMAX gives it something. Um, I think I'd skip the 3D. I don't think it's worth the extra cost and there wasn't really that much there worth watching on that. And this has been the episode one of Sci-Fi Junk. And I look forward to the next couple of uh, episodes where we're going to talk a little bit about Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man movie, and also we're going to do um, one about the new X-Men movie, and then we're going to have some other couple of other episodes following that. I look forward to it, and I hope you enjoy it. If you have any questions or you felt I left anything out or anything like that, please feel free to write me, uh, matt at scifijunk.com. I'll be glad to... Uh, Include your feedbacks in my next thing and catch up on whatever I've missed. And if I've got any facts wrong, which I am not the great fact checker, please feel free to let me know about that also. You won't hurt my feelings. Um, I enjoy arguing and talking about this stuff. And um, I appreciate any of those fans that have come over from the the, uh, the SciFiFX.com podcast. If you haven't heard that, uh, me and Carl will go about talking about different sci-fi things over there also. Um, a lot of times we go into um, a little bit more discussion about a lot, a lot more stuff, and I just needed another outlet to get it all out of my system. So here it is, and that is a wrap on episode one, and I hope to see you again next time. Talk to you then. Bye.